Hey Kyle, but thank you for joining us tonight on the stream. We're so glad to have you here. Hopefully you're watching this in the context of one of our Chi Alpha family groups where you can watch this together and then discuss it in community. If you're watching it alone live, man, let us know in the comments. If you'd like to be part of one of these family groups, we can send you a link uh, to one of those Zoom calls so you can join in. And if you're watching after the fact on your own uh, on YouTube or some other place, man, that, that's okay too. There's still gonna be good content that you're gonna get a lot out of. We're gonna be in Acts chapter 13. If you want to go ahead and get your Bible out, open that up and get ready. Um, again, so glad that you're here and looking forward to jumping into this with you. Have you ever walked into a room only to immediately forget why you're there? Right? It's the strangest feeling. Something caused you to get up, walk across the house, step into that room, but for whatever reason, you step into that room and then you totally forget, why am I here? Right? What was the purpose? What did I come here for? And it has left you. Right? We've all experienced this at some point, we can relate to that, that feeling of, man, why am I here? What am I doing here? What made me walk into this room? And honestly, in a much broader sense, many of us end up living our lives this way. We're here, but we don't know exactly why, right? Just stumbling from one life moment to the next, uh, not really remembering why we're here or for what purpose. You know, there's a big difference between walking into that room and forgetting why you're there and then being sent to that room for a specific purpose. If Jackie is cleaning up a spill and says, hey, go to the kitchen and grab a roll of paper towels to help me clean this up, you know, I'm stepping into that kitchen for a purpose. I'm sent there for a reason. If my family sends me to the store because we're out of food and we need to make something for dinner, right? Or I got to pick up a poster because the kids got a school project they've got to do. I'm sent to the Kroger. I'm sent to the store with a purpose. There's a reason for me being there. Uh, that, that informs why I'm there, what I'm doing there. There's a huge difference there if I'm going there with a purpose, if I'm sent. The purpose we need in our own lives is also rooted in remembering who sent us and why they sent us. You don't just happen to be in this situation or that situation. As believers, we understand we've been sent there by God with a clear purpose. Uh, and so that's what we want to talk about tonight. That's what we're going to be looking at as we continue our study in the book of Acts. What is that purpose, right? Well, uh, in these next, next several weeks in family groups, we're going to continue our study in the New Testament book of Acts. So last semester, we launched our series in Acts, and we're called, we called the series Church because that's what it was, a study of those New Testament believers and what we could learn about community and the heart of God from studying their lives. It mirrored a lot of what we were experiencing as well, trying to navigate community and ministry in the context of a pandemic, right? When our gatherings were much smaller, uh, and, and we could relate to some of those things those early believers were going through. We're going to continue our study in the book of Acts this spring, but with a shift in focus to study what it means to be sent, to live as individuals who are sent by God with a specific purpose. So the focus of the entire book of Acts is intensely missional, right? From the very beginning, uh, Jesus is sending us out to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. But there's a shift uh, here around Acts 10, a big shift as we read about missionary journeys and read about the church expanding beyond Jerusalem. So tonight we're going to kick things off uh, looking at this church, one of the churches there where we first see the missionary journeys sent out, launched from a diverse community of believers here in the city of Antioch. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Acts 13, starting in verse 1, says this. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch were Barnabas, Simeon, also called Niger, Lucius from the city of Cyrene, Manaen, a childhood companion of King Herod, and Saul. 
Why does Luke give us such a detailed description of the leadership here at the church in Antioch? You know, he doesn't do this for every new church that's established as the message of the gospel spreads to new cities. I think he does it in part to highlight the amazing diversity that we see here present in this church. Let's take a look at it. And first you have Saul. Saul's a Jewish Pharisee, right? A Jewish man who grew up in a very Jewish religious culture. We're told he's from Tarsus. That's modern day Turkey. We also have Simeon, an African man, a Gentile, not a Jew. His nickname was Niger, which just means dark or black. Not a politically correct nickname for today, um, but man, this, this informs us about, about who Simeon was. We also have Lucius, another African Gentile. He was from Cyrene, that's in North Africa, in modern-day Libya. We also have Barnabas, who is a Hellenized or Greek Jew, again, a Jewish man who grew up in a Greek culture, a different culture from Saul. He was from Cyprus, that's an island there in the Mediterranean Sea. And then, and then lastly, we have Menaean, who is an upper-class Gentile, right? He was part of the Roman ruling class, and Luke tells us that he was a lifelong friend of King Herod, so he would have been in that that kind of upper upper income bracket, right? That, that wealthy ruling class that would have separated him from some of these other men. What an incredible display of diversity we have here in the leadership of this church. Individuals from different cultures, different skin colors, different ethnicities, different economic brackets, all coming together to lead the body of Christ as a cohesive team of prophets and teachers. Consequently, we're told in Acts 11, uh, that it was here at the church in Antioch that believers were first called Christians. In the midst of this incredibly diverse community, that's where believers first got the label of being called Christians. See, Jesus had commanded his followers right before ascending to heaven to go and make disciples of all nations, not just remain comfortable in their individual ethnic groups. The mission of Jesus was to go and proclaim the gospel to those who need to hear it, to go and tell people the good news of what God had done for them, that they could be reconciled to God and forgiven of their sins because of what Jesus did on the cross, right? They could have eternal hope because Jesus rose from the dead. They could be, you know, go from death to life by putting their faith in Jesus. He wanted them to send that message all around the world, make disciples of all nations, and in so doing, form these diverse communities where everyone is equal and Christ is glorified. And so it's from this diverse community of believers here at the church in Antioch that the Holy Spirit launches the first of a series of missionary journeys to bring the good news of the gospel to parts of the world that still needed to hear it. So we're going to continue here in verse 2. We're told, One day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Verse 4, so Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and sailed to the island of Cyprus. There in the town of Salamis, they went to Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. Right? Luke tells us it's out of this diverse community of believers where people are coming to Christ, praying, worshiping God, fasting. It's here that the Holy Spirit calls Paul and Barnabas and sends them on a missionary journey, sends them out to bring the gospel to people who still have not yet heard. I think it's interesting that the Holy Spirit calls them in the midst of a worship service, right? It's in the midst of this time of worship that the Holy Spirit says, separate out these men for me. I want to send them with a specific mission. You know, John Piper tells us that missions exist because worship does not. God deserves glory from every single human being. He deserves worship and honor and glory from every individual human life. 
And so our motivation in missions is not just the lostness of other people, but God's glory. To say, man, that, that, that person deserves God's glory, but they don't know to give God glory, right? So we tell them about Jesus so they can bring their life in proper alignment with God and give, his life, give him the glory uh, that he deserves from their life. And so there's this shift here in the book of Acts, like I said. The entire book is about missions from the very first chapter. Jesus sends out his followers to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Uh, but this initially begins in Jerusalem as the gospel is proclaimed boldly. And we see this accompanied by miraculous demonstrations of the power of God. And now the Lord is reminding them again of the call to take this gospel, to take this good news to the ends of the earth and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and this is where we begin to see that shift happen. So as we continue our series through the book of Acts, we're also going to embrace this shift and relaunch the series with a fresh focus on the idea of being sent. What does it mean for us to live as sent individuals? What does it mean for us to embrace uh, that identity of, hey, we're not just stumbling through life uh, without a purpose. We don't look around and say, why am I here? But we know, no, God has placed me in this situation for a reason and for a purpose. And that informs everything about the way that we live. What does it mean for us to live our lives, not just for ourselves, but recognizing that we're sent by God, that we're his representatives, at school, at work, with our friends, with our family. You and I are sent by Jesus to be his witnesses to the people around us, to share the hope that we found in him, to make disciples of all nations, all ethnicities, people of every color, every nationality, to share the gospel with them, right? To lead them into a relationship with Christ. We're going to talk more about what it means to be sent in the weeks to come. How does this affect how we live? How does this affect how we see ourselves to live as sent people? What does it change about our lives to have them rooted in that purpose? We're going to transition now to our family groups to discuss some of these things together. I've got some questions for us to talk about and think about these things. What does it mean to live as sent? I'm so excited to go through this series with you to continue studying Acts in the weeks to come uh, and, and, and just believe in God to do amazing things in our individual lives and in our community as we embrace, embrace this idea of being sent by God with a purpose, living for him in every way. I love you guys and looking forward to seeing you again soon.